Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. He's Blank. I'm that Jeremy Branham guy. Um, 3338, do we hate Stanek that much? He was so good in the past. Maybe he means Brown or France in the pen. Uh, I don't hate Stanek. I know Blankers doesn't hate I don't. And I'd love to have him back, but they obviously don't like him for the way they've not used him in the playoffs the last two years. Yeah. I mean, this year, I think more than last year. Last year, their bullpen was stacked and loaded. But you had a 1.1-something ERA in the regular season. You couldn't sniff the mound. I, I get it, but were the Astros wrong? Mm-mm. They weren't wrong. That's that's always the like what I put that my, my well, hat on. Brian Abreu got elevated, yeah, uh, Brian too. Abreu. He, he was just, I think he was better than Stanek, even though Stanek set the record for the lowest ERA in uh, franchise history. Um, yeah, it seems like their analytical department doesn't love Stanek. I think Stanek's pretty good, though. Uh, I like his stuff. Seems fine to me. Uh, the other point, he was uh, Brown or France in the pen. I don't love the idea of Hunter Brown in the bullpen because I, I, I don't want to quit him as a starter. And I think once you make that decision, you make that decision forever. Uh, I, I still want to see another season of Hunter Brown as the starting pitcher for this team. I do, too. I mean, look, I think we both said it. I mean, uh, you were very, very staunch on the fact that, you know, the, the upside on this kid could be extremely, extremely high. And, and we've both talked about how good his stuff is. Now, did it translate this year? No. But is it possible that just with a few tweaks here and there that he can he can kind of hone it in and be the kind of pitcher that we both expect that he can be? Absolutely. And you're not going to turn your back on that and, and or put him in the bullpen and maybe limit yourself by telling you know by forcing him into a role when he could still be a very viable starting pitcher for you. Yeah, I'm not I'm not making that move there yet. The France thing, I don't think France's stuff plays as a reliever. I think he is a Back one, end of the time rotation of the, starter. Yeah, one, two, two times through a lineup, yeah. and then on your fourth or fifth day, you start utilizing your pen. I think that if, if J.P. France translates to the bullpen, I think you're trading J.P. France for a reliever. I think I, Dana Brown does I think it, the actually. two most viable candidates to be traded for a relief pitcher are going to be J.P. France if they want to go young or Jose Urquidy. Yeah, one of the two. I can even right. see Jake Myers in the mix here, depending on what they think of him. I think they could package Jake Myers as well with somebody and say, I need something for him because he's really not going to see the, the the light of day in our lineup like we once thought. And he's still young enough that in another organization, someone may see something in him of value. I would be I would be trading J.P. France this offseason and Jake Myers. Yeah. I would be looking for relief help. I'd be looking for a left-field bat that I don't have to sign. Uh, with, and I want to hang on to Urquidy because when, when he has been right, he's been very good for you, and especially at key moments. Like, it, you know, the, the most recent one was the Arizona game when you really had to have him in the last series of the season. So I don't think that if there's one guy you salvage out of that that you could salvage Urquidy, so be it. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm a... I, I would be interested in trading J.P. France. And I like everything that he did. I like J.P. France. I, I'm trading J.P. France this offseason. The I think market's it was bigger because he's mirrors. younger. He's 28. So he's 28, but still young enough to where, and he's inexpensive enough that there's going to be a lot of mid market teams that are going to go, hey, I'd like to have that guy. You want one of my maybe veteran overpaid relievers? Yep. Sure. Yeah, like a, like a starting pitching, starved team that thinks they're fringe wild card that has them under club control for a while and that's cheap. Yep. I think he has I think he has attractiveness on the trade market. Uh and I think that he could turn into a decent relief arm that you don't have to sign in free agency. A uh, four nine six three, what about Forrest Whitley? Forrest Whitley's in my Lance McCullers 
like tier where I'm not counting on either guy to ever pitch an inning for the Houston Astros. And if for some reason they're available that day, great, because I they have great stuff. But I'm not penciling either one in as like somebody that I'm counting on to have major league innings. They have to make a decision with Force Whitley, though, because the whole 40-man, uh, I think he's out of minor league options as well. I think that Dana Brown does view Forrest Whitley as a bullpen arm for this team next year if he's healthy. I do think that. I, I just have been tired of waiting and waiting and waiting. And there's been so many speed bumps and so many bumps in the road and potholes that you just don't know what you don't know because you haven't seen enough of them to realize he could be a viable anything for this team. So I'm not counting on Forrest Whitley in any way, shape, or form Unless we see the commitment by Dana Brown, and even still, I'm not going to count on him until I see him. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Dusty Baker was on a podcast with Ernie Johnson and Charles Barkley. The uh, the Steam Room. Have you ever seen much of the the Steam Room not, podcast with Ernie and not Chuck? One time. It's uh, the first time that I watched it. Pretty good. I mean, they, they're both very entertaining. Dusty was on. Most of this was stories of like you know his past. Dusty was asking a lot of questions to Charles, too. Like He was very interested in Charles' stories. A good listen. But in terms of how it pertains to the Astros, really only one thing that's worth playing. Uh, and again, it kind of doubles down on what Dusty said in his press conference whenever he announced his retirement. He got sick of the media. You know, every year is different. And, uh, you know, there was a whole bunch of, like, criticism from 30-year-olds and bloggers and tweeters, and I'm not doing this, and I don't know that. And I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm kind of tired of, of this. So that was Dusty talking about the uh, little Ben. What are you doing? Uh, who are you referring to? Is it who the, I think the, you're referring to? Yeah, the the the, the self the, the blog the the blogger that thinks he's freaking Buster only. <laughs> he he would. I mean, Dusty also said that he had some like a pacemaker in his heart that you know grandkids stuff like that. But the first thing he mentioned was thirty year olds and bloggers, and he said if he didn't have to deal with the media, that he could manage for three or four Chandler more Rome. years. Chandler Rome, yeah, sure. But yeah. I, I think he was privy to like Twitter. I, I really do. well. That's the other thing that bothers me when I heard that yeah. was the fact that in no way, shape, or form in the job that you were holding should you have ever given the time of day to any kind of Twitter, social media. That's why most most players, though they lie, yeah. tell you that they don't even pay attention. They turn it off. And you know how I know it? It's because there was that Milo Hamilton, Dusty Baker video that was going viral on Twitter like a couple of days after Dusty retired. It was Milo Hamilton when, he, when Dusty was a brave interviewing Dusty Baker when he was a player. It's actually, it's awesome. It, it is awesome. And Dusty referred to it. Like, Dusty just dropped it on this podcast mm. about how it was all over the internet. So if Dusty knows it's all over the internet, then Dusty knows the criticism that's all over the internet is all over the internet. Um, I, I, I mean, I understand where Dusty's coming from. Like, we get criticism with what we do. Now, this is a very, very, very small fraction of the criticism that Dusty Baker got. So I, I understand that getting annoying, that mm -hmm. getting old. But at the same time, how does that at all bother you? Like, if you're a lion, how are you getting annoyed by the opinion of a sheep? Well, I, I can tell you how when you start talking about the Chas McCormick situation, when you start talking about the Yiner situation, when you start walking into uh, scrums, media scrums uh, in, in pregame and getting, in maybe some cases, blindsided, but just unexpectedly getting stuff thrown at you that, that you then have to either ask about through the PR department or you go back and research, and then you start getting upset because... Now you, you're dialed straight into it. Now you know where it's coming from, you know what it's about, and now you're dealing with something you didn't expect to have to de de deal with because it's a bigger issue 
than you could have ever imagined. I think that's how those things happen with social media the way it is today and with the media the way it is today. I'd like to think if I was a manager of a Major League Baseball team, I'm not letting that stuff bother me, though. But he's an old school guy, man. Maybe. I mean, I mean it, it, it bothered him. Yeah, but like, it bothered it just, him. It's, it's also, it shouldn't be new. Like, it, like, this is not new to Dusty Baker. Like, frankly, the media here is soft. It is super softer than the big city. Super soft. So, like, the idea that like bloggers and tweeters and people questioning his lineup like upset this upset him this much like blows my mind. I think it's, it's not the lineup though, Joe. I think I think that's why it's all about Chaz. Like, I, I think that story and Yiner. Remember, because he even yeah. said at a certain point, yeah. Yiner's going to thank me. No, but I think it's I think I think the Chaz story that Chandler wrote is the one that probably really set him off. Because he realized that there are now people in the organization that are going to real yeah. media members and and telling how they feel and like it's not being handled in the clubhouse. Like I like Dusty's old school. I see why that would bother him. Four one eight seven. Leave Dusty alone. Lineup watcher Branham is part of the media. So you ran Dusty out of town. Plus Joe Great George job. is an accomplice as well to decision Dusty. Uh, the decision to Dusty made to retire. Did I pay, play a part in Dusty retiring? What's wrong with Dusty's lineup? That, I didn't play a part. It's in Jeremy's Dusty's fault. Tiring. Uh, no, I didn't. Jeremy's do that. fault. I, I don't think I did that. Jer- I'm, Dusty I'm also Baker. not part of the media. I'm insulted think- when somebody calls me part of the media. I'm not part of the media. I'm a sports entertainer. I'm an influencer. I'm a I'm a content creator, I'm not media. Here's here's where it all kind of. Well, how did I get blamed? I don't know. I don't know how. You, I actually <laughs> was gonna, that was the first question I was going to ask. Is how did Joe get into that? How do I get involved with that? I don't mind it, but I don't know how Joe got into that. The, the the one thing that that you have to look at from this perspective too is the media and social media now is a pawn, right? And it's used by both sides. The media did what it did, and it offended Dusty. Coaches use the media to get message sent home and delivered to players and other people without having to directly confront them one-on-one. The media is now a tool because it involves social media and everybody has access to it. So they literally indirectly have access to every player, coach, and situation. Yeah. I mean, it's, and then it gets blown up. Yeah. I mean, I can understand where Dusty's coming from. I'd like to think if I was in a position of like a manager of a major league baseball team, I, I wouldn't let that bother me. But I mean, I guess I don't know exactly. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. Dusty I just felt. like, I don't think it's that different. Like, I, I really don't. Like, it's probably ba- the volume. Back man. then, the, every single day, I'm sure he woke up and read the Chicago Sun Times. Or the Washington Post. Well, maybe it's the priorities are different well, so, now for him, though. Like, he's made money, so he doesn't need the money. He's not as money-motivated. He he's got grandkids now. He won. Wants to spend time with his dog that doesn't know who he is. Wants like, to watch that, his son play. So, I think, I but, mean, I don't think that the, the criticism changes. I think where you're at in life changes. I think, but here's the thing. I think w- with the discussion that we're having, certain managers can tune it out. Certain managers are going, I'm going to do it my way no matter what. I don't give a rat's ass what anybody else says. And then, like with my personal experiences, what I've told you guys, like Van Gundy was a guy that every single freaking day, everybody got a Sears catalog-sized list of clip uh, of clippings of any possible article or story or anything that involved the Houston Rockets. And he had to know, and he wanted to know. And then we could, we could get a copy of it if we wanted to, which was helpful doing what we did. But at the same time, why does a coach want to know every rumor and gossip and story and everything out there about your team when you control all the dominoes? Yeah, you, you ignore it, right? 9648, thank you, Brandon, for running Dusty out of town. Two exclamation points. Don't put that blood on my hands. All right, let's get to Corey Seager real quick. They had the parade in Arlington because they're the Arlington Rangers. If you're in Dallas and you're a baseball fan, you had to go to a completely different city to watch the parade. Here was Corey Seager, Alex Bregman, I guess, living rent-free in his head. Part, but... 
I just got one thing to say, you know, everybody was wondering what would happen if the Rangers didn't win the World Series. I guess we'll never know. All right. What did you think of uh, Corey Seager's, I guess you'll never know. Good try. Um, I think it was a little lame. I, but if you win the World Series, you have scoreboard. Oh, You're you, allowed you can, to yeah, run you your mouth. You can say whatever you want. But yeah. like I said to you guys in the break, Corey Seager's the last guy I would expect to be talking mess or trying to stir it up or take a shot. I mean, I guess E for effort. Yeah. I mean, I mean I, honestly, like, it's the I, same thing Bregman said. I, I like it. Like, I don't have a problem with it. Like, it is the way it is. It's, it's what happens when you win. Yeah. It's cheesy. It was a little cheesy. Frankly, it's kind of cheesy when Bregman said it, too. It was a little cheesy. So, like, but to go back to our conversation from the other day, yes, that rivalry stinks. equals ten. The rivalry is ten. Now, when you not, respond yeah. like that, yeah. that takes it up a little bit because yep. you didn't yeah. beat the Astros in the World Series; you beat the Diamondbacks. So it's a ten. It's a 10. And so essentially, your World Series was the ALCS. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, yeah, well, it was I mean, anyway. It really but was. yeah, it was it's right. Toughest series. But now you admitted it. Yeah. All right. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN's Corey Seager a lame. How do the Texans win on Sunday? Do they? How much do they have to throw it? What are these running back concerns from these coordinators? And were, was D'Amico Ryan's kind of tampering with Mike Evans earlier this week? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. I'm going to be tampering with some Gentle Ben later. It's a great pleasure of mine to tell you about Gentle Ben for a variety of reasons. At the top of that list, I believe what I say, you know that. Gentle Ben is the best, whether it's the vodka, best in the state, the gin, best in the market, or the bourbon, the double platinum winner at the prestigious Ascot Awards. Gentle Ben uses their innovative, revolutionary technology that eliminates impurities for the clean smoothest spirits you will ever taste. One of the impurities it eliminates are the heavy alcohols, kind of like the stuff you used to clean up a cut. You don't have to worry about heavy alcohols in Gentle Ben. It's smooth, it's clean, it eliminates the burn. Don't labor it through your drink. Enjoy it. Savor it. And you can do that with Gentle Ben. Head to the Gentle Ben tasting room, stop at your favorite liquor store, ask for it the next time you're at the bar or restaurant, or head to GentleBen.com and order it straight from the website. Yeah, if you're a Lazy Bones, you can just order it straight online. They'll deliver it straight to your door. It's great. It's awesome. They also have Ben's Bar at Toyota Center if you're headed to a Rockets game. Gentle Ben Spirits makes the perfect holiday gift for friends, family, and your best customers. We know they'll love what's not in our spirits, too. Give Gentle Ben this holiday season. Gentle Ben, if they've been extra good this year. Hey, Houston, you're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. He's Blank. I'm Branham. Texans play the Bucks on Sunday home game. They're advising you to, to leave early. There's some traffic in the area. So just if you're going to the game, just keep that in mind. Uh, Texans, as of now, according to ESPN, three-point favorites over Tampa Bay. Ugh, that number, I don't love that number. I feel like it's going to be a tight game like DJ was telling us. How, how do you think the Texans win this game? What do they have to do? Well, I, I think f- the obvious is score more points than, than the Buccaneers. That's the, an excellent analysis Thank there, you, Clyde. That's what we paid um, for. I gave you the Drexler. Um, you know, clubs and baby seals? Nope. It would be a different conversation for not anywhere on a different day. Um, <laughs> I think from the standpoint of being able to move the football – Regardless of the conversation we had with DJ, I think we both believe they have to throw the football more uh, because of the state of the offensive line, because Pierce isn't playing, because of the fact that they haven't been able to run the ball effectively no matter who's playing where. Uh, I need to see a, a game in which they aren't so predictable. They move the football down the field. They take some shots over the top. 
Um, and, and, and I do believe it's going to come down to, and DJ very astutely pointed out, I said it's going to come down to Baker Mayfield's either going to win or lose this game. And, and DJ said, you know, CJ could do the same thing. This is going to be which quarterback plays better. And if, if CJ outplays Baker Mayfield, then I believe that the Texans have enough to win this football game. And if they could pass the ball and have success passing the ball more than being predictable running the football, then I think the Texans have a, have a great shot to win this football game. I think this is going to be very similar to a lot of the other games the Texans have played, where it's like DJ was saying, one-possession game. If it becomes a two-possession game either side, probably curtains. I think these teams are pretty similar. Uh, their defenses are – I think Tampa's defense is more talented, but the Texans have the same amount of points per game allowed than Tampa Bay, sixth in the NFL, tied for sixth. Uh, both offenses kind of struggle for different reasons. I think Tampa Bay because their quarterback Baker Mayfield. Uh, I think the Texans because you know, they continue to pound their head against the wall trying to run the football whenever they can't run the football well. I do want to see an uptick in, in passing. Uh, you know, I was silly on Twitter saying like 40, 50 times. That, that's, that's insane. But 35, I think, is a good number. Now, game script's going to change things. You get up by 20, you're not going to throw the ball anymore. Uh, I also want to do what DJ was talking about. You get a you get a first and 10 situation. The Texans right now are one of the most predictable teams on first and 10 where they're running the football. Be a little bit more creative on first down. Throw the ball a little bit more on first down. I like your idea. Short passing game first down. Even if it's only a four-yard game, cool. That's what you want on first down. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I think... Just like we talked about in so many different ways with what we saw, the defenses that are now starting to pick up on and do uh, and show you that they're going to, they're willing to do because CJ Stroud's been so effective that you've, you, this is the point in the season where there's plenty of tape on, uh, on tendencies. You got to mix it up. You've got to be less predictable. You got to be more effective on the early downs so that you don't face the thirds and sevens when the, the, the Levante Davids and the Whites of the world and all the guys that Tampa has on defense can pin their ears back and come get you in a variety of different ways from Todd Bowles' defense. And, and you're going to be left on your heels scrambling around and probably taking losses. You can't do that because you'll take the ultimate loss. So I, I think that this is the time of the year where you have to be less predictable to be more effective. And that means do something that you haven't been doing. But if don't tell the media. Just show us by surprising us all on Sunday by opening up the passing game on first downs and doing some things so that you can create second down and shorts. Damian Pierce has been ruled out. Texans have already tweeted that out. Uh, Bobby Slowick was asked about running back concerns and says they feel great about this group even if DP can't go. If we don't have DP, I still feel great about the guys we have, You know, the group we have with Boone, with Dare, um, with, with Motor, and uh, even Dokes who's on practice squad, like that whole crew. I mean, they're here for a reason. We really like what they do. Motor, Motor's one of the best. If you just say, hey, regardless of athleticism, like who's just one of the best football players you have on the team, without a doubt, Devin Singletary is one of those guys. I love you know, that he, quote right there about he, Devin Singletary. Like, okay, if he's – what's the athleticism thing? I don't know. Like, is that throw, just because he's smaller? <laughs> throw athleticism out the window. If it doesn't matter about athleticism, Singletary's one of the best players we got, but he's pretty athletic. Yeah, he's just a smaller <laughs> guy. He's not dominatingly muscular. He's not – you know, he's still super quick. All right, so that's like the first spot to go with the Singletary thing. Secondly, if he's one of the best football players you have on your team, why does Damian Pierce have 109 carries and Singletary has 49? Because they didn't trust him between the tackles to be durable enough, and, and they were expecting that the best offensive player you had a year ago 
was going to pick up where he left off and not realize that your system might affect him negatively. That was such a weird quote. Like he's he's if you eliminate athleticism, he's one of the best football players we have. But we're going to give Damian Pierce 109 carries to this point of the year and 49 for Singletary, even though Singletary is averaging nearly a full yard per carry more than Pierce. Singletary 3.7, Pierce three yards uh, per carry. It's going to be fun to watch him this weekend because it's it. gonna, yeah, it's going to tell you a whole lot about what they truly do have in that running back room that can be beneficial, not just for this year, but you might start thinking about him being a guy you want to keep around because the system works so beautifully for him. Yeah, two prongs, right? Like, is he a guy you're bringing back next season? I don't know his contract situation. I can't imagine. It's a one-year deal. That's what I thought. Um, And then is he your better option the rest of the year over Damian Pierce? So I, I am pretty excited to see him get a pretty healthy um, workload for the Texans. Uh, they're playing Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans also in the final year of his deal. I, I know that Mike Evans has been a name that's come up in this city in terms of like looking at the future. T. Higgins is up there. Mike Evans. If you looked right now, potential wide receiver free agents in the market this offseason. T. Higgins, Mike Evans are your top two guys. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, and look, I understand this is coach speak, but is this borderline tampering here from D'Amico Ryans talking about Mike Evans? The intelligent thing with their offense, right, starts with Mike Evans, their most explosive player, uh, big-time plays, have to make sure we have eyes on him at all times. He's uh, been a you know, very productive player in this league for a long time. And then you go to Baker, I think Baker, and just – his all right, that's enough there. So you have going nuts on Evans there, which I mean, every coach is doing this. I'm half kidding when I say this, but does it not sound like what D'Amico Ryan's is describing Mike Evans that that type of receiver would not be the perfect fit oh, yeah. for the big, fast catches, a bunch of touchdowns? Yeah, give me that guy. I mean, here's the thing, too, guys. I mean, when we're talking about pro sports, there's always the game within the game being played, and it never hurts you and to to throw in something like that. So that at the end of the year, when you do sit down with him, you can even you can refer to it, or he'll remember it, and, and that way he might prioritize you a little differently than maybe he did previous to that. Daryl was the king of this, and Daryl Moore used to get in trouble and get fined for it because he'd literally call guys <laughs> out by names and just slobber all over the place about how great they are. And then we'd have to go and Joe, you know this too. We'd have to go kill the audio for the podcast, but yet he was doing it with a secondary purpose, which was yeah, he was giving a guy his flowers. But he was also basically saying, "We'd love to have you someday." Yeah, I don't. I don't really think D'Amico was Not doing in this that, case. but maybe. But it happens. Maybe. I think he's a fit here, right, Mike Evans? Oh my God, for the yes. Texans, he's big, he's tall, he's fast. Talk um, about about a guy that because it, one just because how physically big he is and tall, but when he high points a football with the physic physicality he can provide in the air to go get it with a long reach and good hands, he's perfect for C.J. Stroud for like two or three years. Yeah, I think he would be. Um, I think he'd be cheaper than you think I, he'd be cheaper than T. I do. Like obviously, I think the, the going. I think I looked at it the other day, and I think that the going rate for T was going to be like around twenty. Okay, and I think that Mike Evans was hovering more around fifteen. Okay, because T's contract in terms of like overall contracts bigger because he's younger. Longer, he's going to get yeah. more more years. But I was wondering about the AAV five million dollars less. Mike Evans over T. Higgins? And less years. So if it, if it, whether it does work or not, you can move on in a couple of years. I mean, I would like both of them. Let's let's be honest. Oh, that'd be but, great. Uh, I, would, uh, I would really love Mike Evans in this offense. Yeah, short term. I, I think if you got him for that kind of price, 
And, and like Joe always says, they've got plenty of money to play with there. If you could get them in that kind of price range to complement the receivers you already have and give you that big physical but also down-the-field presence, I think it'd be a great fit. Someone texted he's from Galveston. Yep. He is, yep. Galveston he to, Ball. He went to A&M. I kind of yep. feel like Johnny he's Manziel's be, best target. I feel like T is going to be above 20. What's that? Say it like again. T Higgins is going to be above 20. Maybe whenever you get to the you know, the They were just guessing the right market. now. Because we had the conversation of whether he was a wide receiver one or not. I know you feel he is. Barry didn't feel like he was. And and that's how this conversation got started. And I just said, regardless, someone's going to treat him like a one and pay him like a one. Who's faster? I think T. Higgins is faster than Mike Evans at this point in their career. uh, Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, let's see, Higgins ran a 4-5-4. Now, this point of the career, if Evans four five three, but he's a little that, older. Yeah, now. he's a little longer yeah. in the tooth. So he's probably like a four five. That's that's pretty similar speed, but I would agree that Higgins is faster at this stage of their. Yeah, I mean, like lives. Mike Williams got twenty from the Chargers. He's so younger. Like, I, is he younger than Higgins? Probably not. No, 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 no. I'm talking about younger than uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Evans. So, like, if Mike Williams got twenty, I would imagine T Higgins is going to get more. And that I would mean, be on the open market because Williams didn't hit the open market. No, did he? He no, didn't. they didn't let him. Yeah, so like, none of these guys hit the open market. Like like Debo Samuel's twenty three point eight, but like didn't hit the open. market. We know the cheap ass Bengals aren't going to try and keep him in the house before he hits the open market. Honestly, they have chase. Probably the best comparison, even though I think he was traded to the Browns, is Amari Cooper. He's who got, got twenty, right? Who got five years, a hundred million? He was traded for yeah. T. Yeah. So Higgins going to be at least twenty. Like He'll be a, at least twenty. Yeah, I mean the highest paid wide receiver, like. The highest too much receiver for T. is like 30. I think it might be. Is that too much for T for you? Because I know you're the T guy in the show. I think like 22 is the max. But you think he's definitely a wide receiver one in the making. I do. Like I think he is a wide receiver one. I mean, like another good comparison I think that's fair contract-wise, age and everything. Now, this guy didn't hit the open market, but DK Metcalf got three years, 72. It's 24 million. DK Metcalf's a freak. But like, he's you know, unbelievable. I, I think DK... A could be available this offseason, but B is also like a good barometer of a contract for T. Higgins. I mean, I think you, you, there's no doubt DK Metcalf's a, a wide receiver one. Yeah. And he gives you everything. He is the epitome of what you want in a wide receiver. He is strong. He is physical. He is fast. He has good hands. He, he, he'll do it all for you. He's durable. I, DK Metcalf, to me, is on a different level than T. Higgins. Yeah, I just I think I, I want Evans. I think I kind of, I've started to kind of sway the other way. Give me Evans, 15 a year, three years. But I mean, you wouldn't want DK Metcalf. I'm, I'm not saying he's a viable. I'm just saying uh, in the discussion, DK Metcalf to me uh, is like I'm, I'm actually out on DK because now you're going to have to pay him like probably if he's asking for a trade, you're probably going to give him close to thirty, thirty five million. You got to extend him on top of what he's still making, and you're going to have to trade draft picks for him. Yeah, that's true. So like, give me Evans on half of the salary. No, that's probably no, maybe not half. Maybe sixty percent of the close. salary. I still kind of and feel then like, not have to trade a draft pick for it. I kind of feel like they're going to just end up drafting a wide receiver. I'm in okay the first with round. that. I'm all right with. It. I like some of these receivers in the draft. And I know I'm in the minority here. No, I think that's of this. Legit. But like, I would rather looking at Damian Pierce and what they're doing. I would rather do a short-term big money deal for like Saquon. Why not just dra- sign Evans and draft the receiver? I mean, you have Nico, you'd have Tank, you'd have Evans for a short-term deal, and then you're grooming a first-round receiver. I mean, I think all that sounds great. And then go a lot of uh, eleven personnel, play a lot of three wide. I, I stuff. mean, depending on what Mechie does and how it, what happens in the offseason with his overall football health and his ability to get back to where he was, Mechie's still an option for you in the room. I kind of feel like that book's been written. I, I think he's got time to recover, but I'm not penciling him in as a top four receiver. No, that's Texas what I'm saying. Yeah. He's still in the room, but he's not in the conversation you know, of your starter. He's a blocker. That's what he is. I mean, he is physical. He is physical. He ran yeah. one route last week. Yeah, it was not. I mean, you had your guy. Well, I mean, Robert Woods was hurt. 
Yeah, yeah. One route was not great. <laughs> Never mind. You're right. <laughs> that was not. I think because I, I think they're going to draft a tight end too. It could. I mean, they don't have anybody on the books for next year. Right. Well, Tarantino, but whatever. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. How much did Daryl Morey enabling James Harden lead to this awful James Harden behavior? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five ESPN ninety two five. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health. Been telling you about them for quite a while. I was there bright and early this morning. I saw the smiling faces that really truly care about their patients. And they take care of their patients in a variety of different ways. If you don't know all the services that Apollo Men's Health offers, basically, let me explain it to you like this. Everywhere from the boardroom to the weight room to the bedroom, if you're having problems, issues, or setbacks, they can help you, and they can do it fast. Uh, You Go to ApolloMH.com and check out the website. You can see all the services they offer. If you don't have enough energy in the day to get your to-do list done and get all the things accomplished that you want to, they have a variety of different ways they can get you more energy on a daily basis. You can start with a B. 12 shot like I get every Friday, or it can be as as exclu- intensive and in- inclusive as hormone therapy and all the different ways that they can administer it for you, or you can administer it yourself, and you can get more energy on a daily basis. You want to get on a workout program, they got a variety of different ways they can help too, from recovering quicker with HGH peptide therapy to doing periodic full body composition analysis so that you can figure out that your numbers are going in the right direction. You're making strides, your body fat's down, your muscle mass is up. And it can give you more motivation to stay with the program and keep doing what you've been doing. Want to lose weight? Don't want to get into the gym? Don't have time or just don't have the desire to do it? Now FDA-approved semi-glutide is available, and that means you can lose up to six pounds every week without ever touching a weight, a treadmill, or getting in the gym. It's fantastic. But the only way you can know how they can help you is if you go out and see them, make a first appointment, and see how they can help. That's where you go to the website, ApolloMH.com. You'll find out most major insurance is accepted. There's discounts for military personnel and first responders. Mention my name, Joel Blank. You get a free B12 shot or a free body composition analysis on your first official visit. And let the process go from there. Tell them where you're lacking. Tell them where you'd like to improve. They'll put you on a program that works. They'll get you the results you need. They're good people doing great things. Go see my friends at Apollo Men's Health. Welcome back, Houston. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. We'll get into the James Harden stuff in a moment, but you see what Victor Wimbanyama did last night? Yeah, he won a basketball game pretty much almost single-handedly. 38 and 10, and he's still super raw. Mm-hmm. Super <laughs> raw. Like, he's nowhere near... A finished product. He's like at a three in terms of like his development. The he league, is the league, stupid. better hope as a whole if he doesn't fill out and he can't put on weight and he can't get more physical. Because if he can add that element, if you look at Giannis when he was drafted to Giannis, now the way he got stronger and put on weight as well and, and, and did the thing. And because yeah. honestly, Giannis still doesn't have a jump shot. Victor no. does. Victor's offensive game is pretty loaded. I still think he's going to struggle to shoot thirty percent from three as a rookie. But he does, he does have touch, mm-hmm. and I think that it's going to get much better as he gets better. But if you just, we think he's getting better, right? We all think that Victor's going to be better than what he's shown in his first five games in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He's an all star right now. Well, he's an all star. He's 21 and eight. 21 and eight. That's an all star numbers. Level. First of all, popularity wise, he's going to be no right. But what. I'm talking about just, but just pure caliber. numbers, right? You're absolutely right. He's an all star right now, five games into his rookie year. I didn't think he was going to be this good. This quick. He is nowhere near finished product. He's going to get so much better. He has the skill. He's under the right direction in San Antonio under Greg Popovich. 
Uh, I'm scared of how good this guy is going to be. There's no doubt about it. And the other thing that you have to be fearful of is the fact that as he continues to get better, he's in the perfect situation because the team's gotten better too. I I thought it was just going to be him and a bunch of nobodies. And actually, San Antonio has a decent enough roster to where they got some players Mm -hmm. that can play around him. Yeah, I'm I'm scared of how good he's going to be. He's definitely going to be an all star this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think he'll be he'll, to Blanker's point. He'll be voted in. I think. But if you There's take no that Are off the still, table, I don't know if they're doing that anymore. No, they they still have a I vote. Have no idea. Well, they, they still have a vote they, that. But they changed their their they got their heads out of their asses. They don't have a center. On, you don't they're have to have a center. To, they're going back to East versus West. Yeah, I like this that year. much better. Finally, yeah. If you can vote, he'll be voted in. Yeah, but even yeah, if I mean, he'll be in over I think he's a reserve. Yeah, he'll definitely be. I mean, well, you can probably go two bigs, right? Is that how, or do they go five? I have no idea. They, I, I think they just go top five. You don't have 10. a center. You have just you have. I think it's two three guards, three, guard, three bigs. Is that what it is? Like I thought it was forwards. three guards and two bigs. Yeah, that's think, what I thought it would be. Yeah, but regardless, oh, he's right. not going to beat Jokic out. I don't think, but he's just from the fan vote alone. Bigs. If there's two bigs, he's going to get in. Yeah, yeah. he's a stud. I mean, if there's a fan vote, Jokic will not be the starter in the All Star game. It will if there's one guy. Be It'll curious. be him. Honestly, it probably uh, won't even, it's going to be close. Honestly, it probably won't even be Jokic at all. Like Jokic will not start in an All Star game this year. You don't think he'll be voted I in? If they're fo- if it's two bigs, who's the other one? LeBron. He's not a big. Yeah, I think he's more of a guard. Yeah, he's not going to be classified as a big. If you want to make that bet no, right now, I'll no. bet you that Jokic is a starter in the All Star game. Even if the okay, it'll never come out publicly, but the NBA will damn sure make sure, and they've done it in the past that he will Jokic will be a starter in the All Star. Isn't it better that he's not? No. Isn't it better that Wemby is the starter? Like, if it came down to one guy, there's no way that Nikola Jokic is they the They don't like the fact that everybody bangs on their best player, the best player in the league that's won the the won the, the championship and, and as being a chub that that isn't athletic, that isn't a, what? a chubby. Uh, you know, he even said even Wemby, Wemby's got to be fatty. He's... He's been he, he's a he's a chubby, non-athletic big man that the league that? gets embarrassed about. Oh, James Harden! <laughs> Did you see what? James also, was? not an all star. <laughs> also, has been chubby, and apparently, he's what James Harden got upset about last year, according to Doc Rivers. Did you listen to this from James Harden yesterday? Introductory press conference as an L.A. Clipper. When I'm in a leash, I'm not in just shooting the basketball every time. I'm in like I'm a I'm a like I think the game, and I'm a creator on the court. You know what I mean? So if I got a, a, a voice to where I can, hey, coach, I see this. You know what you think about this? Then it's like, oh, okay. Like somebody that trusts me, that believes in me, that understands me, that I'm just not a, you know, I'm, a, I'm not a system player. I am a system. You know what I mean? <laughs> James, I can understand where Harden's coming from, saying he's a creator because I'm a content creator. But James Harden saying that he's not a system player, he's the system. I think Daryl Morey is, is totally responsible for James Harden acting this way, for enabling James Harden to be the system like he was in Houston. Well, James Harden's ego always <laughs> believed that he was the best player on the planet and maybe one of the best, if not the best player of all time. And then Daryl just fueled and, and fed his ego by making the statement on numerous occasions that he's the greatest offensive player yeah. to ever play the game. So much so that Barkley even bought in and said, I do believe that James is the greatest offensive player. And I think he meant right now currently in the game. Hope so. But yeah, it, it's a dangerous slippery slope to get onto because of the fact that, that, you know, he basically did a lot of things to accentuate the rules and took advantage of them to his credit. But when you see some of the gifted offensive players that this game has produced, 
I don't put him in the same category, but now James puts himself in every category as a system. <laughs> he said he is the system, which is, I mean, if you go back to see how Maury enabled him, like he traded for him, immediately was the star. I mean, you know this better than anybody. The the planes that were held up for, for Harden, uh, his, you know, his hobbies that he has around the city. But even hiring D'Antoni and kind of having the gimmicky, gamed-up style of how they were going to play offense. Say. Like, they enabled him from the moment well, he they was traded the for him until they, until they traded. I know. The Rockets, with the Rockets. Rockets, he was the system. It was yeah. four guys standing around watching and waiting to see if they had to force a shot up with five seconds on the shot clock. Otherwise, he was going to dribble the crap out of it, do whatever he wanted with it, and shoot it every single time he felt like it, unless the defense absolutely wouldn't allow it. So back then with the Rockets, he was the system. Here now with the Clippers, with Paul George, with Kawhi Leonard, he's not even close to the system. No. Did you see whenever he walked into the locker room? The other, they didn't seem like they were really that excited that James Harden was gracing them with his presence. I was more surprised that Russ was the one guy that got out of his chair to actually give him a half bro hug and a handshake. It took him a while, though. It did, and I expected it to because, to your point, the reason why Russ couldn't take it anymore in Houston was because... James got a separate set of rules from everyone else in terms of being late for meetings and planes and, and, and games and everything else, and Russ didn't like it and couldn't Ooh. take it. Ooh. Fifth 75 says Hart needs to get uh, his butt kicked by Moses Malone Jr. Damn. Uh, yeah. I'm going to let that one be. Do you guys think – how do you think – is this just completely blow up in the Clippers' face? I, like, don't, I think so. I think so. Where, like, Kawhi think, and Paul are out? I'll say this. I think it all rests in James's, on his shoulders. If James – can go back to a hybrid of what he was in Philly, a facilitator, a shot taker when he's open, and a guy that can make the right basketball play to get Kawhi and Paul George and the offense in the right positions, that could be a, a very dangerous basketball team. But if James is hell-bent on being the system, he could blow the whole thing up. I don't think it would blow the team up because Harden, Harden's free agent at the end of the year. No, but for this year it would. No, I, I agree with that point. Like, I don't think he's going to blow the organization up where Paul George nope. and Kawhi Leonard are like, okay, we're out of here. Although they do have a player option for next year, both of them. Uh, but you can easily just kind of, okay, James Harden, stay home. Final year of his deal. I, I agree that it kind of depends on Harden to how good they're going to be. Because Harden does have to take a back seat to those guys. But if Harden starts to act out and he starts to be a problem, I think they just send James Harden home. It could. Yeah, because I just yeah. think the concern would be that if you're like, if you're, you know, if you're the Clippers, that just by bringing in Harden, like that decision will ruin the relationship could with be. the Clippers organization. And then those guys will opt out. You would I think hope, at least you would hope they had the discussion with the guys before they even thought about bringing them in and making it official. And the one guy that I feel worse, uh, the, the the worst for is Russ because It'll Russ be took pennies on the dollar, and he's actually he was actually playing really well for them before the trade was made to where he was just playing a role which a lot of teams had wanted him to do for years and facilitating and getting up and down the floor and still finishing at the basket. And he was a a pretty key piece for them in the first couple games of the year. That's all going to be out the window now with James. Yeah, I feel like he gets traded by the deadline. I feel, I, no, no uh, Westbrook. Because oh. it just doesn't work. It just won't work again. And I think, have to I think it's him. possible, but I think that they also know it's only going to be because he wants it. Because otherwise, he's playing at home in L.A. He's playing for peanuts. He came back because he really loved the situation from Tyron Lue to, to the two best players on the team, and he thought that they could all do something together. That I think they owe him a solid that they would only trade him if he wanted out. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you think they start all of them? They do. And Zubats. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun to watch I actually that might watch an NBA game. Yeah. I think the they Rockets. definitely are going to, when, when he's ready to play, they're going to start Zubats at the five. 
They're going to start Kawhi at the four, Paul George at the three, Harden at the two, and Westbrook at the one. That's going to be so much fun to watch that car wreck. Car wreck of the day up next, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. All the mean things you've said to us throughout the week, and there are a lot. You guys were really mean this week, but there's still time to say some mean things to us. 713-780-ESPN. Car wreck of the day, your mean text. When we return, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. Speaking of CarWreckTexas.com, they're, they're the place that you go to if you have a car accident. We never want that to happen to you, but we want you to be prepared in case it does. The first person you call if you ever get into a car accident, whatever, the case maybe it's your, your car's total maybe it's a you know little bitty wreck whatever the case may be from the best to the worst you need to call hollingsworth law firm and don't worry about paying a single thing until you win your case it's the biggest thing that you can talk about with what's going on right now with everybody as it relates to car wrecks and life and the world itself you're always going to get charged and, and pay and have to pay up front before you get anything done and that's not the case with 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 the, the Hollingsworth Law Firm because, as Jeremy said, you don't pay unless you win, and they're going to be in your corner every step of the way. And we all know that you feel like you're completely alienated and it's you against the world when you get in a car accident because you're immediately wondering, do we call the police and what about the insurance and, 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 and you know who's going to get the pictures and get make sure that everything is covered so that I don't get left holding the bag? Well, you're not going to get left holding the bag unless they win you the bag because at Hollingsworth Law Firm, they're going to immediately begin, going to be in your corner. They're going to take on the other driver if they need to, but they're going to take on the insurance company and their main objective is going to make sure you win and you get absolutely taken care of and everything back to you that you had before the accident happened. That's the annoying thing whenever you get those car accidents is that the, you have to deal with the insurance company, whether it's your insurance company, whether it's the other person's insurance company, it's it's stressful, it's awful, you don't want to do it. So let Hollingsworth Law Firm do it for you. Call right now for your free consultation, 713-999-8773, 713-999-8773, or visit the website, carwrecktexas.com, carwreck texas.com uh-huh. you all right <laughs> my leg is broken the bolts oh, coming see. through let me see let me see ah! give me a phone, you prick where's my money this is the car wreck of the day brought to you by carwrecktexas.com all right it's time for our car wreck of the day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com, which every Friday is all the mean things you said to us during the week. Um, if you want to throw in some mean things, you still got time. Tony 22 is apologizing for something he said. Now's not the time for that, Tony 22. This is the mean thing you said to us. You guys can jump in uh, wherever you want to jump in. Uh, this texture just said, where's Joe? Like, uh, maybe it might, it might be even Joe George. I don't know. He said, the Killer Bees fortune cookie reads another career choice could be a positive for everyone. Mm. Thank you, Joe. Very nice. Now, there's a ton of these. Um, Most of them were directed in a kind way to Barry. Most of them. Love hearing Barry. I stopped tuning in because Branham is insufferable. Any chance that Branham guy can get Wally pipped by Barry? Not very nice, dude. Calling Barry Lou Gehrig. Saying that Barry... Yeah, whatever. Palola saw him play. (laughs) Wally Pip And Lou Gehrig. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just say let that be. Uh, hopefully, the special purpose Spencer speaks of is replacing Branham with Barry. Unbelievable. I miss a couple of days. We get a usual suspect in here, and all of you guys are just talking crap about me the moment I walk away. 
I noticed I noticed Blankers over here isn't defending anything. No, they tried to bait me, and I stayed out of it. <laughs> Here's a couple of the, the counter of it. Uh, the show was always infinitely better than the Killer Bees. Can't be because Barry over Branham, right? Hashtag bring Barry back. You said that these are the opposite. Yeah, there was one more I wanted to read. Here's the next one, probably from the same guy because he uses the same word choice. Send Barry home. He's insufferable. I think it might have been the same person that's an album. That's the one. I think there's one guy that likes to hammer me every day too. And he, but he listens every day. We appreciate you listening. Uh, there are better fill-ins than Barry Lamanac. Just letting you know. Who are the better fill-ins than Barry? I think Barry's great. By the way, I really do. I, I mean that sincerely. Who are better fill-ins than Barry? That's the assistant program director. Yeah, Joe. Who are better fill-ins? <laughs> I guess. I mean, I'm not get his face. I'm you know not who he's going to say? I was saying he's that. Oh, well, gonna there say. you go. He's going to. He's yeah. going to say. He's going to say Joe Joy. We get Fred Davis fills in from time to time. So basically, I feel like that's not a good marriage. Who's that? Freddie D and Joel. Oh no, it'd be no, fun. No, no. Why? Why isn't that a good marriage? I just think it's not. It's not going to happen. Who? Who? Which villain do you hate the most? Joe. No, Joe. I actually like working with Joe. <laughs> no, I don't mean to work with. I mean, just oh, any fill-in at the station that fills in for anybody on any show. The one that you like the least. I don't really have them anymore. Yeah, I don't think we have the them. The are pretty much... Are there any that you do now. like? Yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoy working with Barry. I enjoy working with Joe. I have not worked with Beard yet, but I would. Would you? Yeah. That'd be pretty fun. Uh, zero one one one. People are just upset the Blitz isn't around anymore. No slight to you guys. I miss the Blitz. <laughs> I thought the Blitz was great. Uh, have a big admiration they had a good for run. Fred. Love. Uh, AJ didn't love me, but I, I liked AJ. AJ doesn't love a lot. No, he didn't think I had any personality, which is probably right. Uh, somebody on Twitter called me a casual with a podcast. Hmm. Well, because of the Dusty thing? Uh, no, I think Will this Anderson. was about a Will. Yeah, I've been taking a lot of hate. Well, but the casual, casual with a podcast refers to what Dusty said about the criticism he was getting. True. Right? True. I've been taking a Somebody unfollowed me earlier and said that oh, I'm unfollowing no. you and I'm muting you because you're annoying. Jeez. Lost one. I mean, you're not. If, whenever, you're a, whenever you're a social media influencer like I am, whenever you're a content creator like I am, you're not going to make everybody happy. So it's amazing. I only lost one, quite frankly. Um, that you know. Well, uh, that's true. That's true. I always like it when somebody announces their presence. I'm going to unfollow you. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> Thanks for stopping in. That's really good. Somebody texted this one to us yesterday. They wanted to put it on Bad Take Boulevard. We read it yesterday because it was funny, but it belongs more on oh. Mean Text. When Lance Erline attempts to interview someone and always manages to squeeze in a reference about his dad's coaching career like it's insightful or relevant to the conversation. That was pretty mean. <laughs> I actually, I've heard him do it, but I actually think a lot of times it helps to endear him to the guest if they don't know him. Yeah, that's pretty mean. 2022, don't feel bad. I feel like I do that to you guys every day, and you're still sometimes responding to my text. You can be as mean to us as you want, 2022. We don't like the apologies, though. Apologies are overrated. I I, I hate apologies. I think apologies are so fake. Because 90% of the time, you don't mean they're it. Empty. Yeah, they're, they're, they're empty. They're empty. Yeah. They're fake. I don't really need an apology. Like, you scorn me. Like, you're going to win me back over with an apology? No. You know how you're going to win me back over? By me earning your trust again. I hate apologies. I think apologies are silly. Uh, Joel and Barry, car wreck of the last two days. Fair. LOL, big capital letters. It must have been silly. Uh, why the heck do you keep talking non-Rockets basketball? Oh, this might be the guy who called earlier. Why do you keep talking non-Rockets guy, NBA? Nobody cares. This guy called. He goes, why, why are you talking baseball? I'm like, you want to oh, really? complain? He goes, well, well no, no, I, I, like, I like the show. I'm like, well, what do you want to talk about? What do you say? 
He's like, well, he's like, let's talk about the Rockets. I was like, we'll talk about the Rockets next time they play a game. We talked about former Rockets. Sure. We that talked we about a nightmare for the Rockets yeah. going forward. Who so actually looked Rockets. on draft night like he certainly was relieved he wasn't going to have to play for the yeah, Rockets. That, that's, that belongs on mean videos, that Victor being relieved that the Rockets didn't win the lottery. Uh, this one, this one, B-Max sounds like the dude off of Grandma's Boy that acts like a robot. He caught a lot of heat for his voice when he was filling in for Joe. At the other place, they called him Andrew Luck. I said John Madden. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Boom, boom, yeah, boom. That, yeah, and I had him actually do that, and he did it on air. <laughs> I, think, I think Andrew Luck is the correct one. Uh, Andrew Luck and you know and what Madden. the other one I said was? Waka, waka. Waka, waka. He sounds like Fozzie Bear. <laughs> Alex's podcast, where's it at? Cook's uh, Corner? <laughs> uh, wasting time with this segment. Barry has zero baseball knowledge. Oh, that's mean. Well, it's mean God. text, Joe. You know what? You know is, what? It, the, is it accurate? The minute you said that, you do realize that when Sports Map first started, he did a season preview that I kid you not was twenty seven computer pages long. Really? Yeah, and he would go every team, every stone, n- nothing left unturned, and it was like his priority. He always struck me as a baseball guy. Yeah, he's a baseball. Guy. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I don't agree with that text. Now it's mean and belongs here. I just don't agree with it. Uh, Aggie Matt Coogs lost so bad the NFL had to stop them from wearing the Oilers colors. Mm. Gig them. I like that one. Well. I tip my cap to Aggie Matt. I don't like it, but it's pretty well played. Uh, King of Twitch said this one earlier. Poor Joe. Even he couldn't make 12 to 3 entertaining. Damn. Oh, man. He's not a fan of 12 to 3. That's, that's, he doesn't hide it. Someone texted this one in a little bit earlier. I think it was after, I think it was during, um, I think it was during Who Said It? We played Creighton. Creighton. Yeah. This guy said, why on earth did they move that gas bag Creighton up to 6 p.m.? Joe was worth listening to, but now it's an instant dial turn on the drive home. I'll be back at 6 o'clock starting on Monday. Dang. A gas I like bag. I like listening I like to Creighton. Creighton. That's rough. All right. That was well done, uh, Hive. You were very mean this week. Creighton likes the guys from 12 to 3. This guy says, Branham, stick to Cougar basketball. I would love to. I would love for that to be my only job. If I had the means... Yeah. Well, Joe, that's a compliment to us, huh? Connor tries to sound like Owen Wilson. All right. All right, that's it for us. Great job being mean this week. Keep it up next week. All right, that does it for uh, for us. Thanks to Joe for doing all the hard work. He's blank. I'm Branham. We'll talk to you on Monday, Houston. Wagering World with five stars next on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.